Welcome to Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Time to call in with your gripes, opinions, theories, and conspiracies. Here's your chance. Don't blow it. Only on News Radio 890 949 KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Still makes me happy to hear the Andy Griffin theme song, even if it is jazzed up just a little bit. I'm Andy Griffin. Thank you for tuning in to my program this morning. Hazy day in St. George. I'm looking out uh, on the North Bluff Street and across town. And, uh, yeah, the sun is out. It's going to be a nice day. But, boy, that smoke and haze is just kind of ugh. Uh, I'm actually going to be headed to Salt Lake to do a, bo- a football game tonight. Uh, we'll see if it's better or worse as I make my way up the state and, of course, into uh, Salt Lake City proper Highland High School. Uh, if you want to listen to the ball game tonight, by the way, you can listen right here on KDXU, Pineview, and Highland. And if you want to watch the ball game, yes, you can watch it and hear me talk about it at the same time. Just go to sportsradio977.com. I'll be live on the air tonight about 6.45 or, or, or so, close to 7. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, today is the 20th day of August. The uh, weather only about 90 degrees for a high today, so that's not bad. So we got a lot of cool stuff uh, happening. Uh, I want to talk a little a bit about, and by the way, it's Open Line Friday. If you want to call, 673-5890 is the phone number, 673-5890 in the 435 area code. Also, if you'd like to text, I know there's some of you out there who are a little shy. I would rather not uh, actually talk on the air. You can text me at 435-467-5842. I wanted to talk for a minute about a couple of things that are happening out there. First of all, uh, an interesting story. So the National Board of Education, uh, they're, they're threatening to basically sue the state of Utah Uh, I thought this was fascinating. If you remember, the legislature made a law that said you can no longer make school kids wear masks to school. They they outlawed it. It is against the law to mandate masks for kids in school. Well, the National Board of Education said, well, you can't do that. Uh, Their statement is, uh, let's see if I can find the exact wording. It sent a letter to the governor and the head of the Utah Board of Education. The letter said the anti-mask policy adopted by state lawmakers earlier this year could infringe upon the school district's authority to protect students and staff from COVID-19 and other health concerns. Uh, You know, I've been pretty critical of Spencer Cox on this program, but Spencer Cox, uh, bless his heart, he did this. He said... Uh, at least somebody on his staff said, and he signed it, said the letter was unhelpful and criticized the threats as being from, quote, out-of-touch Washington bureaucrats. Now, it was pointed out to me earlier today, wait till they start pulling millions of dollars of federal funding to the education. Then we'll see, then we'll see in fact, how uh, gutsy Spencer Cox and the Utah Board of Education uh, is uh, once, once the money starts going away. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I applaud, again, I applaud the uh, state uh, legislature, legislators for saying, no, we're not going to make kids wear masks. Uh, with a little asterisk in there, and uh, I know some of you are probably not going to like to hear this, but uh, if it turns out that what they're saying is true, that the Delta variant is actually really hard on kids. Now, remember, your, sixth, uh, your kindergarten through sixth graders, they can't get a vaccine. There has been no vaccine approved for them. 
Uh, if it turns out that the Delta variant or the Lambda variant or whatever other variant is out there uh, goes after kids, is harder on kids, uh, I don't know that 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 uh, law is necessarily the best thing. Now, again, we can argue till we're blue in the face on whether or not masks even help at all. I don't personally believe they help a whole lot. But uh, what are we going to do then if it turns out that the, some new variant is especially hard on kids? Are we going to say... Uh, you know, well, we'll just uh, we'll lock school down. Uh, I think they're trying to make that illegal, too. Well, we'll make them wear a mask. That is illegal right now. Uh, well, we'll make sure they're all vaccinated. Well, the vaccine isn't all it's cracked up to be now, is it? Uh, at least I believe that uh, it does help you uh, with your symptoms, but it does not, in fact, prevent COVID-19. In fact, a study out of Los Angeles today uh, in the last week, 30%, that's, a, that's about a third of all COVID cases in L.A. County. We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands. About a third of them are people who were vaccinated. Now, they're still studying on how serious, the, uh, you know, the, how, serious how sick these people got. But just because you had the vaccine doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID. I am living proof of that. It's Open Line Friday on KDXU 913. Uh, first in line on the phone lines is Seth. Hey, Seth, what's going on today? I'm reasoning through my filter mask that says right on. Uh, that's a lie, by the way. I don't <laughs> wear masks. Uh, I'm breathing through my filter mask. It said this is not to be used. Uh, it prevents sawdust from going in your throat. Uh, not approved for uh, medical pur- purposes. And if you can smell smoke at two microns, um, that means it's going right through the mask. And, of course, uh, corona is two-tenths of a micron. Right. Okay. So, uh, and we would suffocate our kids so their brains don't work. Yeah. There's so, mm-hmm. so many uh, They're factors in school here, to right? learn, but how do you learn when you're doped out on carbon dioxide? Well, yeah, and, and not only that, you can't see the teacher's lips and you can't talk to me. Uh, you know, I talked about it a, a, a couple of months ago. My daughter felt like uh, socially school was, it was a bunch of zombies walking around. Nobody wanted to talk to each other because they're all wearing masks. <laughs> I wanted to go back. Uh, can you review for me the response that, that Adam Snow gave to um, a unified police force in St. George? Uh, That's a long time ago, Andy. I know, and I've done a couple of shows since then, but uh, I think he basically said that that's that's probably not going to happen and that people like to have a a police force matching the town that they live in. Is Is that about what you got out of it? It is, and it's, he missed completely the point. Mm-hmm. I want to elect the chief of police or the sheriff. I don't want bureaucrats running our police department. Mm, I see what you're saying. Okay, so, uh, boing, he missed that 100%. Uh, it is, if you get somebody with a backbone, there'll be huge savings. They're, they're, in PD, they're spending $27 million plus or minus, maybe 30 Who knows? Uh, that would go in. And the idea that the response time wasn't correct, you take $27 million worth of sheriffs and you put them out on the street, I'll guarantee you, you get there quicker than they're getting there now. 
Yeah. Excuse, excuse, <laughs> and and no challenging, no talk back. Well, what, one question. one factor I, I would say though is uh, right now we're in an employee employment shortage in that there aren't enough people to fill a lot of those jobs. So while well, in theory I think what you're saying could work, but uh, right now they they don't have enough police officers in St. George, in Washington County, in really in, in the entire country. What we're talking about is just the change of color of the uniform. Okay. So you keep the ones you got. See, there's there's just all kinds of oh this won't work, and uh, I can I, like I say I can guarantee you that that a unified police force with a elected sheriff uh, can do as good a job or maybe better than what's happening. Hmm. Okay, and that way we have a choice. We don't get an appointed person. Then we we talked to the the mayor yesterday and. Um, what do you think his conclusion was about hiring locals, increasing business, establishing businesses, starting new startups, small business runs the world? He kind of I did a little bit of an end around around the whole question. He said, yeah, it does work in certain situations, but he never really addressed it head on. Yeah, but he didn't go out and fire his parks department. No, did he, he did not. No. All right, and that's what the mayors need to do. We're not just talking to him; we're talking to all the mayors. Why not stimulate business? Why not create new businesses? Get a better work done. Not have huge. Uh, I believe the uh, employment or the benefit package for state and federal and all these people is about forty-one percent. Hmm. So you take whatever salary, and we add on 41% in benefits, whereas the entrepreneur would be able to write off his truck and his equipment and all of that kind of stuff and create new businesses and support families in town instead of it being part of the entire bureaucracy where there's never enough parks or recreation. Uh, there's not never enough of those kind of people um, to, to get the job done. We've got to add more to our taxes. All right, to make an, an interesting point. Thank you, uh, Seth, for the call. We're going to keep, keep it moving here uh, with the uh, phone lines. Again, uh, thanks for calling in, Seth. Let's see if I can push the right button here. By the way, uh, I need to make this statement up front right before we get rolling. Uh, sadly, uh, I'm announcing that uh, Allie Hamlet has uh, has uh, resigned. She's uh, uh, pursuing some other interests. And so... Uh, uh, I'm going to miss Allie. She's been a sidekick for about 10 months now, eight, nine or 10 months, and uh, she's done a nice job of call screening and being a part of things, but uh, Allie has, uh, is moving on. Uh, I hate to announce that. I know a lot of people are unhappy about that, uh, but uh, we wish Allison the best for sure as she pursues what, whatever it is she wants to pursue. Uh, we'll go back to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling in today. What's up? Is this me? That's you. Yep. Fire away. Oh, marvelous. Okay, let's stick with the police department for a second. Sure. Recently, I spent a couple of hours in Tuba City, Arizona. I, I pulled up the gas station, had lunch, blah, blah, blah. And I was talking to a local there about the city, what the size was. And, and you'll when you're out there, you notice there's no, absolutely nothing that resembles, quote, yard work. No lawns, no trees. Everybody mm. parks their vehicle just right, right up tight to the house. There's no, there's no farming, and so I was asking this guy what what goes on, what drives here, and he's like, crime's too high. He's like, if we if we want to rent a tra- if we want a tractor to farm any of this, you rent it from Kingman, they ha- or from Flagstaff, they haul it up here, 
you plow with it today, and they haul it home at night because it's going to get stolen in the dark if you don't. The crime is too high. Wow. And here, so here's this city that's not quite as big as Hurricane, and they and he says we have about three murders a month in this area. Wow. And I, and I was just in shock, and I was just like, I can't even imagine if her if Hurricane rose up to the level of three murders a month. I mean, people would be rising up in the street. What the heck's going on? But the thing, and this is a huge compliment to this Washington County area, is we live in a culture that doesn't tolerate that kind of crap. And and we want we want more. We want better for ourselves. We expect better for ourselves. And so that's why, it's, I mean, and that's what drives so much of the economy, people flocking and moving here, because we have such a wonderful place to live. But the bad part is when they come, they didn't come from what we have. They come from what they had, and they're bringing a lot of that higher crime with them. And that's why we got to have, in order to maintain the same level of um, civility, we have to have a bigger and bigger and bigger police force. And it, it's, it, we are our own worst enemy in that department, the way I see it. And I, it just kills me. I, I don't know what to do. But I appreciate the insight today. Yeah, very, very fascinating. Tuba City, Arizona. You don't leave things out, I guess. They get stolen or, or whatever. All right, thank you. Thank you. Great to talk to you today. Uh, yeah, I, I I know of this neighborhood, and it's not in the state of Utah, so you can just uh, don't don't get your your hackles up, folks. Uh, but I know of this neighborhood, and uh, when I lived in this neighborhood many years ago, thirty something years ago, uh, it was it was it was idealistic. It was perfectly manicured lawns there were no broken down cars uh, there were no, even even the houses no broken shutter people painted their houses and t- took great it wasn't a brand new neighborhood it had been around for you know a couple of decades but it was there was a lot of pride in the neighborhood and one of the things uh, and, and by the way that neighborhood now is not a neighborhood i would take my family to period it's it's uh, i wouldn't call it get, ghetto but it's not safe uh, and one of the things that happened uh, was, I, I think, an interesting study in uh, family economics and, and, and not economics, family uh, socio uh, adjustments. Uh, the, the people that lived there when I was there 35 years ago had kids and their kids had kids. And in each generation uh, the ideals that shaped that neighborhood and made it an, an idealistic neighborhood, made it beautiful, made it perfect. Not perfect, that's not the right word. Made it really a nice place. They were they, they chipped away a little bit at a time. Uh, the, the generation, you know, the, the generation that was born 35 years ago uh, when I was there, uh, they maybe didn't believe in God quite as much as their parents did. And maybe they experimented a little bit underage drinking. Some of them tried drugs, marijuana, even the heavier drugs. Uh, but, you know, as they got a little bit older, they uh, outgrew that stuff. And for the most part, still still kept the neighborhood a nice place as they bought houses and moved into their parents' houses and things like that. Kept the neighborhood a pretty nice place. But then the next generation came. So we're the second generation out from this ideal neighborhood. The next generation came along, and their parents, they, they knew that their parents, their parents made it perfectly clear. Yeah, I'm a little more liberal than my folks. I tried some things that they never would have. I did some things that they never would have. And so the kids of the kids said, well, you know, mom and dad tried alcohol when they were 17 or 18. I think I'll try it when I'm 15. Mom and dad tried marijuana 
and uh, you know maybe a little little bit of some other drugs. And we got crack now. We've got crack and meth. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try it because my parents tried it. Why wouldn't I? And and so just two generations out now, you have these kids that uh, as they uh, age a little bit. Uh, it turns out to some of them uh, spent time in prison. They were some of them were addicted to illicit drugs. Uh, some of them were just alcoholics. Uh, and as they moved into their parents' neighborhood and their pa- grandparents' neighborhoods and took over the house, you know, maybe grandma and grandpa passed away, whatever, took over the house. All of a sudden, that neighborhood wasn't so nice anymore. Uh, you know, instead of the manicured lawns, uh, the kids' kids didn't feel the need to manicure the lawns. The kids' kids, when the car broke down, they just parked it by the side of the house because they didn't want to have to deal with trying to sell it or get it fixed or anything like that. If the washing machine broke down, maybe they just stuck it on the back porch. Uh, and things started to deteriorate. And then the next generation came. Okay, these, these kids kind of grew up. And that generation, next generation hit. And this is the generation that we're in now. This is a generation of, uh, you know, the, the 17 to 23-year-olds now. And, and I'm not dogging on young people. There are some outstanding young people out there. But if you think now, this is a generation that is, uh, you know what, we need to be more tolerant of everyone. We need to, you know, if somebody wants to declare that they're uh, transsexual, well, Gosh, we should let them do that. We shouldn't judge them. Judging is only for God, and I don't believe in Him anyway. So we need to we need to put all this stuff away. And 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 you can see within thirty five years, uh, three generations, four, I guess, if you count the young people, the ideal neighborhood turned into a ghetto like unsafe place. The parents that believed and loved and took care of their of everything that they had saw it erode and chip away, and now the neighborhood is not a place anyone wants to be. And now the people, uh, you know, so-and-so's kid went to jail, and so-and-so's kid was molesting someone, and so-and-so's kid uh, is a registered sex offender, and so, you know, and, and it just goes that way and that that is the deterioration of society and so as we as we raise our kids and you know this this thing with this lehigh high school teacher i don't even want to say her name i've got it right here in front of me i don't i'm not going to say her name uh to listen to what she said and i didn't get the the whole video i only got a portion of the video but to listen to what he she said her basic point was in fact, she said, it, your parents are dumb and you don't have to listen to them. And as soon as you realize that, that they're dumb and you don't have to listen or obey them, that's when the world will open up for you. And this world, this lady who's been fired, thank goodness, by Alpine School District, this world this lady is talking about is the world of uh, LGBTQIT, question mark, whatever else is out there. It's the world of... Uh, San Francisco with garbage and human feces in the streets. It's a world of, uh, instead of being religious, you issue God, you say, God is not real. I, I decide everything about myself for myself forever. And you have really neighborhoods that break down into garbage and you have families that the grandparent can't relate to the grandkid and certainly not the great grandkid. 
And the grandparent tries to tell them what they believe and they dismiss them out of hand. They, I don't want to hear what he has to say, stupid old man. And that is what's, what's happening in our world. And that's why it's so important for us to be vigilant. Whoever, whoever videotaped Lehigh High School history teacher uh, secretly, uh, I applaud that kid. I, don't, I, I think, you know, in, in today's day and age with phones, maybe we should be recording everything everywhere. I know there were some, some things that went on even when I was in high school back in the early 80s. That there were some things some teachers said, and I was just like, mm, that, that doesn't sound right to me. And, and I wouldn't go home and tell my parents, and I wouldn't, uh, I didn't, obviously didn't have a phone to record it. But I, in my head, I was going, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem good. And, and so uh, we need to be more like that. We need to grab a hold of all these people that are trying to push their agendas on our children. And we need to say, all right, our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids, they need to get their education about life from me and from my son and daughter and from that. They need to get their education at home. They need to get their education at church, not at school. And I'm not talking about book learning. I'm talking about life learning, life lessons. And so as this whole thing unfolded with this lady at Lehigh High School and the total Californian in her came out and she used vulgarities, if you watch the whole video, she used vulgarities to condemn conservatism, to condemn traditional families, uh, to threaten those who had traditional beliefs still, to mock Donald Trump, to mock the parents of these kids, to mock religion. As all that unfolded, I was, I had this, it's just, I don't know, this, awful feeling in my gut and i was like it's it's another attack and i honestly thought that the liberals would rise up and this lady would, and it's not over yet maybe she will get her job back but there the, the liberalism uh would the, the the woke culture would save this woman and she would be you know she'd become either a martyr or she would just become a banner carrier for her cause i really thought that was going to happen maybe it still will but I applaud, again, Alpine School District. I got a text from my son who actually works for Alpine School District, not in that school. But he said, I'm so proud of my employer today. I'm proud of Alpine, too. And uh, if you, if you uh, saw that tape, just go out there, Lehigh High School uh, teacher, and you, you, you search on that. You'll be able to see exactly what she was talking about. There's no, there's no room for this in our lives. We're already battling an uphill battle and to have a teacher come in and tell these kids, you don't have to listen to your parents. They're dumb. Oh man, that just makes my blood boil. We're interactive on the Andy Griffin show. Call in at 673 5890 or text in at 435 467 5842. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin show. That was weird. A little disturbance in the force there in the middle of that to promotion. But uh, yeah, if you want to call in 673 5890, that's 435 673 5890. You'd like to text me. Got a couple of texts I'll get to in just a minute. Text line is 435 467 5842. Being patient on hold, those a uh, caller on line one. Thanks for calling in. What's up? Hello. Is this hey. me? Yep, that's you. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to talk about today. Um, I'll just um, leave you this. This this is what happened. Um, my son 
who works at a grocery store over here in Leverkin, um was in the was in anyway fell asleep on the job in the gas station part of the grocery store and they wanted him to get a covid test so we took the covid test over here in hurricane which by the way costs a hundred dollars over here we took the covid test over here in laverkin and he's positive as of three o'clock on monday okay a doctor over here um He's, Michael is 19. A doctor over here um, who I have to clear with him before. I'll leave contact information with you if anybody is interested, but I have to talk to the doctor okay. about some, whether he wants to be involved in this and the pharmacy. But anyway, he prescribed for Michael ivermectin three times, three milligrams, seven times on Tuesday, seven pills on Thursday. Plus a seven-day immune pack, which is D3, zinc, melatonin, NAC, probiotic, acidophilus, vitamin C, and Q-sertin complex. Now, um, since I'm 73 years old and taking care of these two disabled boys, Mm -hmm. you assume that I also had it. And I have been on the same regimen. I have not... I've not shown the fever and stuff like that so far like Michael did, but um, you do not have to go to the hospital and die, okay? Michael chose, he's an adult, he chose not to be uh, have the vaccine. But this will, it is apparently out there, and it will strike anybody, but you do not have to give up and die. There's a, I believe it's prophylactic, how do you say it, prophylaxis? Prophylactic, yep. Prophylactic, and that's what this is. Hmm. It's ivermectin and the, those supplements, and um, his fever went down immediately. Well, not immediately, overnight. Right. And um, he's eating, and uh, he's um, now we're under a ten-day lockup, which is pretty yeah. much jail. Yeah, I know. And, I, I was uh, there, <laughs> and he needs to. You know, he's just itching to get out. He feels normal, and this is, let's see, what, this is Friday. And he was sicker sicker than the dog on Monday, so. Probably be at least 10 days before he's allowed to, uh, 10 days from Monday before he's allowed to get out, I think. Right, exactly. But this, um, so far, is working. You don't need to give up. That's good. And you don't need to feel like you're doomed. Good advice. There are there, there are treatments out there. Te- okay, and I will I will text you the. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely follow up. I'd like to hear more okay, about that for you. sure. Thank you for calling today. Uh, <laughs> talked about it last week. I'll talk about it again. I did have COVID nineteen. I was vaccinated. Johnson and Johnson still got it. Uh, it's funny because uh, I was talking with somebody yesterday and said, "Oh, well, you're that's a really rare thing." Uh, no, actually, it's not. In fact, 30% in the last week of people who tested positive for COVID-19 in uh, the one of the largest counties in this country, L.A. County, 30% had been fully vaccinated by one of the vaccines. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's rare, and I don't think these vaccines are stopping COVID-19. I, I do believe, and, and I'll say this again, I do believe 
my vaccine helped me to have a milder case of COVID-19 than I would have had otherwise. But I do not believe that uh, it's stopping the disease at all. And uh, it's, you know, it's a moving target. And a lot of people are like, wow, they told us it would stop it. And we wouldn't have to wear a mask. Well, now they're telling us it's going to maybe not be as bad and, and we should wear masks. And, uh, you know, it, it changes. Things, things change a little bit. Uh, I still believe in the vaccine. I believe that the vaccine helped me to not be as sick. And I believe the same with my wife. Uh, but I can't prove that. And you could make a case that's just, you know, this. I'm, I'm just uh, drinking the government Kool-Aid. You can say that if you want to. I don't feel that it's true, but uh, you can say that if if you want to. By the way, if you want to call on the show, 435-673-5890. A couple of things I wanted to do before we uh, finish up the show today. We've got uh, about 20 minutes left. Uh, first one, I want to talk a little bit about... Oh, and, and I've lost the tab now. Let's see if I can find the tab that this uh, story is on. Uh, Guy wrote an article for uh, a website, uh, and I'm going to have to keep clicking these until I find it. Uh, EverythingVoluntary.com. No, the website was AIER, American Institute of Economic Research, uh, about second opinions. And this somewhat applies to COVID-19, uh, but really applies to life, right? Um, uh, the guy's name, by the way, uh, is uh, the article was written by a guy by the name of uh, Barry Brownstein. Uh, I thought it was a really well-written article. And uh, because I'm a writer, that was my first love, my first thing I was really good at in this life. Uh, I, I really have a lot of respect for people who write well. This guy wrote a, a very well-written article. And one of the things he talks about, uh, he tells a story about he was hiking the Appalachian Trail up in, I believe he was in Maine. No, New Hampshire. Anyway, uh, and as he's hiking along, he's hiked the trail before, so he's pretty familiar with it. Hiked it several times. Uh, and he comes across a group of hikers, and they ask him, hey, uh, uh, what uh, direction are we going? Are we, are we headed in the right direction? And because he knows the trail really well, he said, no, you guys actually missed your little turn off. It's about, about a half mile up this way. How about you walk with me? I'll take you to the turn off, and I'll show you the way that you're supposed to be going. Uh, so the guy's older, uh, the group of hikers younger, they start getting a little ways ahead of him. They get maybe 50 yards ahead of him and they see another group of hikers. And one of the kids said, uh, let's see if I can get the exact quote. Uh, what trail are we on? He, he hollers to these other hikers. What trail are we on? And the guy said, I, I guess I could have been offended that they didn't trust me or believe what I was saying. But he said, you know, the thing about life that we got to remember is we need a second opinion on life. You can't just trust the first person that tells you something. And he says, I wasn't offended. He said, I knew the way to go. And yet they didn't know me from Adam. They just, you know, they assumed I probably knew what I was doing because I looked like I'd been there before. But they didn't know. And so they asked someone else. And when the, you know, when it, when it was confirmed by the other hikers that they were, in fact, going the correct direction, he said he felt a little bit vindicated, but he also felt uh, them, them, the confidence in them growing. It, okay, well, what he says is right, because now I have two people who have told me the exact same thing. Uh, forecasting what's going to happen is hard. 
Reliable forecasts are made by people with a, a d- distinctive thinking style, people who want to go out there and say, this is going to happen, you can count on it. And just being smart doesn't really cut it. What's essential is an active open-mindedness, and again, this is Brownstein quoting from him, that goes against, uh, well, everything, every preconceived notion. Uh, and so it's funny because we every day ask a doctor, a mechanic, whoever, to forecast what's going to happen. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, and Barry Brownsey makes a point in the article, that when you ask a forecaster what's going to happen, they're brash and brave and they'll forecast. Even if it's a doctor, hey, doctor, if I do this, if I don't do this, what's going to happen to me? And they can only go, base, basically, they can only go on past experience, right? And, and so they, they, they tell you what they've learned based on past experience. Does that mean that's what's going to happen to you? Absolutely not. Does it mean it could happen to you? Maybe. But that's why we owe it to ourselves in life, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whether it's our health, whatever it is, get a second opinion. You won't be sorry. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's see if I can push the right buttons here. It's been a while since I've had to click some of these buttons because Allie has been uh, my call screener. But, hey, thanks for calling and holding on today. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, this, is, this is a teacher calling in to mention that uh, anything put out by the uh, National Education Association uh-huh. and generally the state ones, too, is totally liberal. They are extremely liberal, and they've got a great audience. It's what got these governors elected in California, that and the prison guard union. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whatever they do or say has to be really um, analyzed from their point of view, which is extremely liberal. And they've got it. Teachers generally are so busy uh, trying to teach school, especially these days with the computer stuff, but they... Uh, don't have time to read a lot and study a lot. And the NEA and, and the local associations put propaganda in the teacher's room, and nobody else puts propaganda in the teacher's room. So they read that, and it brainwashes them because they are so busy with teaching school, raising a family, and usually it's the primary teachers and the middle school teachers. High school teachers have more time to be analytical because they get an hour off every day. Right. to uh, prepare, supposedly. So they don't, they don't have time. My daughter is a victim of this. She's a teacher in California, and she was raised by me, and that's not liberal. And she has got liberal beliefs in social distance, uh, believes in math, believes in climate change, believes all of their lives, because that's all she has to, that's all the time she has. Hmm. So I'm just wanting to point that out. I appreciate that. Did you, did you find that some when you were teaching that some of the propaganda was exactly opposite of what you believed, in, and even not just opposite yeah. of what you believe, but opposite of what you should even be hearing from them? Yes, actually, I I went on from teaching high school to university, and I was fired because of my Christian viewpoint. Wow. And I had to hire a lawyer, and he proved I was right. But. Uh, yeah, they fired me. I, I accident well, not accidentally, on purpose. One day, in one of their meetings, I said the happiest time in my life was when I was baptized and saved with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And wow. oh boy, that's all it took. They just took <laughs> some time, and they got rid of me. How yeah. dare you, right? <laughs> yeah. How dare you? All right. Thank so, you, by the way, for teaching. Thank you for your service, and thank you for calling today. Appreciate it. Thanks. 
Thank you very much, Andy. 9.47 on KDX. You've got to sneak a commercial break in here. When I come back, uh, I had a listener send me something that I actually had been looking for for a while, and I had lost it, and uh, he got it back for me. And I'm going to play it for you because I think it's 100% apropos. Welcome to Open Line Friday on The Andy Griffin Show. Time to call in with your gripes, opinions, theories, and conspiracies. Here's your chance. Don't blow it. Only on News Radio 890 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. And that phone number is 673-5890-435, area code 673-5890. You can text me at 435-467-5842. And, yes, that is my personal phone. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Don't call me during a ball game, though. That's the only requirement I have. Don't call me when I'm on the air because I actually use this phone to do my ball games on. Uh, anyway, uh, 950 on KDXU uh, years ago, maybe Five, six, seven years ago, uh, I came across this recording from an old radio guy, uh, Paul Harvey. Remember Paul Harvey? Oh, great, great guy. Great American. Uh, and uh, it was really uh, a poignant. It was a three-minute radio recording from Paul Harvey. And I, I was kind of like, this is so good. But I didn't have a radio show three years ago or five years ago or whenever it was. Uh, and so I kind of forgot about it. And then about uh, two years ago, I came across it again, and I wanted to play it on the air, but uh, I thought to myself, uh, it's got to be the right moment. It's got to be the moment when we really need, really need to hear it. And then uh, earlier today, I had a listener uh, send me a message, and it, it was a link to uh, this little piece of, uh, well, radio history, little piece of uh uh, something we all need to hear. It's a warning. This was recorded. Keep this in mind. This was recorded in 1965. It's a little piece from Paul Harvey called If I Were the Devil. Listen to this. If I were the devil. If I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media 
fanning the flames. Yeah, that's happening. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. We're there. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. Wow. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. Lottery. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. That was in 1965. Do the math. 56 years ago. 56 years ago. He saw what's happening right now. He saw exactly what's going on where good is bad and bad is good. And I don't mean bad is bad, you know, like the Huey Lewis song. I'm talking about uh, things that are evil, things that are wrong are now, not only are they acceptable and accepted, but those of us who try to point out that that's not right, we are ridiculed. We are abused. We are mocked. It's... It's hard to believe. This is not a COVID-19 debate. This is a moral debate about life. Uh, We're afraid to correct our children, our grandchildren, when they do something wrong. Why? Well, we're afraid they won't talk to us. They'll be mad at us. Uh, You know, as as my mom uh, got sicker and sicker, she got older. My mom passed away last year, by the way. one of the things that happened to her is she got bolder and bolder because I think my mom knew that her time on this planet was, was drawing nigh. It was getting close to the end. And I think she knew I've got to tell these young people what I know to be true. If I don't do it now, I never will. And so while the rest of us tiptoed around feelings, we worried about Oh, you know, someone not bringing the grandkids around because we're too opinionated. Um, as we worried about not making someone angry and making someone hurting their feelings. Uh, I watched my mom and she was bold and she hurt some feelings toward the end. She, she told some people, uh, some of her grandkids, she pointed out that, hey... <laughs> That's not right. And I don't know if it, I don't know if she did any good. I don't know if any of them even listened at all. 
But I know as my mom approached death, as approached the next life, as, as she approached to meeting her creator, she was able to clear her conscience completely by saying, this, young people, is what I believe. This is what I know is true. And if you don't, if you don't like it, I'm really, really sorry for you. But I'm not sorry for me because I'm still going to say it. And so as we navigate these waters, folks, of relationships, of, gosh, suicide and psychological depression and uh, anxiety and all these things are out there, uh, I don't dismiss them. But I will say this. We've, we, we've still got to be bold. We've still got to be brave. We can't tell our kids that they screwed up so life isn't worth living. But we can tell our kids and grandkids that, yeah, you screwed up, but life is really worth living, especially if you'll do X, Y, and Z, if you'll start putting it together. I'm thoroughly convinced, not 100% of the time, but I'm thoroughly, thoroughly convinced that a lot of people who are struggling with anxiety and depression and whatever, it's because they, they don't want to try. It's because their whole world is wrapped up in a little smartphone. It's, it's because their parents are afraid to tell them what the truth is. And I'm not talking religion necessarily, just the truth about life. One of the simplest truths, if you try, if you work hard, you'll get ahead. I, I firmly, I believe that since I was, since I could work, since I could, I could think. I believe that if you work hard, you will get ahead. It's all about effort. It's not a 100% foolproof plan, but I promise you it's a better, the best plan out there. If you work hard, you will get ahead. Now, this society's got a lot of problems out there right now. It really does. But there are a lot of us out there who believe in God, who believe in what is right and wrong. We believe in morals and discipline. And if we'll speak up and we'll work hard and we'll tell, we'll testify. We'll testify of the truth of life, of the truth of hard work of the truth of a belief in a a higher power, we can turn this thing around.